pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks to us about all different parts of our lives. Thank you for these few short verses from 1 Corinthians 16 on the subject of money and giving. And we pray you'd help us, each one of us, wherever we are with you, to listen to these truths. And we pray you'd help us to be obedient to you. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Uh, You realised they'd spotted you as soon as you left the shop. You felt isolated, exposed and vulnerable. The crowd that had been hiding you a moment before had suddenly vanished into thin air. And there they were in the middle of the shopping centre concourse, those charity collection people in their brightly coloured t-shirts, their clipboards, um, their smiles and their worthy causes at the ready. There was no way round them and you desperately needed an excuse. How could you avoid yet another awkward conversation about money? So often like that, isn't it? Especially when people are asking us to think about giving our money away. It's so often awkward. Maybe we want to be generous, but we're not really sure what generosity actually means. Maybe we're afraid of the effect generosity might have on our lifestyle. Maybe we feel like we resent the relentless demands upon our finances. Maybe we feel like there are so many worthy causes that we just do not know which one to support. I wonder if you saw the recent uh, Lloyds Bank advertising campaign, The M Word. It's uh, entitled The M Word, It's Good to Talk About Money. The point is, we need to talk about it, but we often find it difficult to talk about. And if that's true for the world out there, well, it's true for the world in here too. It's true for Christians as well. We need to talk about money, how we feel about it and what we do with it. Specifically, we need to think about giving our money away. How much we give, when we give it, how we feel about giving it away and who we give it to. And so that's what we're going to do together uh, this morning. It's good practice once a year. Um, in church to think about money. And we're going to do that with these few short verses from 1 Corinthians 16. Of course, they don't say everything the Bible has to say about money, but they are very, very practical verses. And so I I, I hope they will help us to think practically. At the same time, they will also show us that Christian giving is a privilege and a responsibility. It's a vital and integral part of our Christian lives. So it's not a subject we should feel embarrassed about or want to ignore. Instead, it's a subject we should want to talk about and pray about and think about seriously and then take some concrete practical steps in our lives about money. Let's make a start um, at the beginning. Verse 1. Now about the collection for the Lord's people. Uh, You might know that several sections in 1 Corinthians begin with that little phrase, now about... It seems almost certain that the Corinthians have written to Paul. They've asked him various questions about lots of different things. Uh, Dear Paul, what should we do about this? Dear Paul, what should we think about that? And Paul has received their letter, and so he's writing back to them, and he takes each matter in turn. He says, now about this, now about that. And as he comes to the end of his letter, he picks up on the question of money. Specifically, how should they respond to what was a first century relief effort? And as he begins, we discover our first lesson today. Simple, but very important. Christian giving is for Christian people. Christian giving is for Christian people. Now about the collection for the Lord's people, 
Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. Uh, Rather frustratingly, we only get to hear one side of the conversation. And so we're perhaps wondering, well, what is this collection and who is it for? But it's fair to assume, isn't it, that the Corinthians know what it's all about. They wouldn't have asked Paul about it otherwise. And thankfully, though, Paul has given us a big clue in another letter. Because uh, two or three years later, writing from Corinth, he wrote to the Roman Christians about the same collection. This is what he said, Romans 15, uh, 25. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. So the Christians in Jerusalem face some sort of economic hardship, and Paul is very keen to help. So as he travels around on his missionary journeys, he's not just preaching the gospel, he's also raising money, giving time and energy to organise a collection for these impoverished Christians in Jerusalem. So he's already told the Christians in Corinth about it, just like he's already told the Christians in Galatia about it. So he says, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. So Paul isn't standing there in the Corinthian marketplace with a tin, shaking a tin. He's not asking for handouts from wealthy Roman citizens. He's not putting an advert in the Corinthian newspaper. He's not organising a sponsored chariot race. Paul is telling his Christian friends to give to this Christian cause because he knew that Christian giving is for Christian people. And that means that if, if you're here this morning and you're not yet a Christian... Maybe you're still weighing up the claims of the Christian faith, still thinking about what it means to follow him. Then there's no expectation on you to give money to this church or to any other Christian cause. Of course, you're totally free to do so, but there's no obligation. But if you are a follower of Jesus already, then Christian giving is for you. Christian giving is for Christian people. And Paul made that point explicitly in 2 Corinthians a few years later. So it seems at this point that the Corinthian Christians are pretty keen to give their money. But by the time he has to write 2 Corinthians, their enthusiasm for that has waned. And so Paul needs to kind of really G them up and encourage them and tell them it's not an optional extra. So um, on the screen, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7. Since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness... And in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. In other words, the proof that they really love Jesus, the proof that they really love his people, will come in their willingness to part with their money. And their ultimate motivation to do that comes from Jesus' prior love to them, that verse we started with at the beginning. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. In other words, Jesus gave up everything for us. He died to save us from God's judgment. Giving our money back to God is a sign that we believe and are thankful for that. So Christian giving is for Christian people in this sense. It's a, it's a vital response of, to, to God's grace in our lives. But I think there's another sense in which Christian giving is for Christian people too. Just look again at verse 1. Now about the collection for the Lord's people. So this collection wasn't sent to a general relief fund. It was specifically directed to the Lord's people, 
to Christians, to the church. And again, Paul had written about that previously. Let me read to you Galatians 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So Jesus told us, didn't he, to love your neighbour as yourself. That's all people. But as God's people, we ought to be showing a special love for other people who also belong to God, to fellow Christians. And so it seems right that when we think about our giving, that the majority of our giving goes to Christian causes. So maybe we hear of a, of a natural disaster in some far-fun corner of the world, and we want to give to bring relief to suffering, a bit like Paul wants to bring relief to these Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. Well, maybe we could ask ourselves, could I give to that cause in that far-flung country through a Christian relief agency rather than just the general relief agency that, that all my neighbours will be giving to? Because such an agency will often have a relationship with churches on the ground. They'll often be bringing physical aid, but also speaking of Jesus and spiritual comfort. In some parts of the world, Christian minorities are often overlooked by the, by the mainstream um, aid agencies, but Christian aid agencies will often have ways to support them. Another place we might decide to give is to our local church or to missionaries proclaiming the gospel in the UK or further afield. Uh, we won't expect, will we, our, our non-Christian friends, people who don't believe, to give to such causes. So we as God's people ought to direct a significant part of our giving to such causes. So that's our first lesson today. Christian giving is for Christian people. It's an integral and vital part of our Christian lives. It's a response to everything that God has done for us. And it's a way we show particular love to others of God's people. Well, in the next verse, Paul gets really practical. And that takes us to our second lesson. Christian giving is a Christian's personal responsibility. Christian giving is a Christian's personal responsibility. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. It reads a little bit like a list of bullet points, and so that's what we're going to work through, a checklist. And we're going to start with the second one of those. Um, each one of you. Each one of you. So Paul isn't appealing to just the well-off Christians in Corinth. He's not telling those who are struggling that they don't need to bother. He expected every individual Christian in this church to be prepared to give. And of course, we've all got our own different financial circumstances, but giving is a personal responsibility for all of us. Uh, if we're single, we can get advice from family and friends, but ultimately the decision is ours. We can make our own decision. Uh, if we're married to a Christian, it's good to talk and pray with our husband or wife about what we want to give. We might have separate bank accounts, we might have joint bank accounts. We, one of us might earn a lot more than the other, another one might, we might learn more the same as, as each other. Whatever the exact um, details of our family finances, we'll want to reach a common mind about what we give and where we give it to. If our husband or wife isn't a Christian, the subject of giving money might be a difficult conversation. Our spouse might be supportive of us giving, and they might be opposed to it. 
And I suspect there isn't an ideal one-size-fits-all solution to that. What we give will be determined by a whole range of factors. But it's still worth, I think, communicating about it. Um, and if that's an issue for you, I'd be very happy to chat privately. But whatever the precise details of our personal circumstances, we need to remember the principle behind it all. Christian giving is our individual responsibility. That's the second item on the checklist. Here's the first and the third. On the first day of every week, set aside a sum of money. So our giving should be regular and organised. It should be part and parcel of our normal financial planning, just like we plan for everything else that we spend money on. Now, maybe the, Christ, maybe the Christians in Corinth took their money that they were paid and they put it in a special pot. Uh, nowadays, there are all sorts of ways we can set aside money. Um, let me just tell you about how I do it. A friend of mine introduced me a few years ago to Stewardship Christian Bank. And so a, a standing order goes from my um, bank account into that special kind of savings bank account every month. And then out of that bank account, other kind of standing orders come out to different Christian causes. I think the Charities Aid Foundation works similarly. Um, accounts like that, or that account for me, has helped me to be much more kind of deliberate and organised in my giving. Um, you might have a different way of doing it, but whatever it is, it is good to be regular and organised. The next point is about how much we give. It should be proportionate. So you see that again, verse 2. Set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. I think actually the more literal ESV translation is particularly helpful. It says this, each of you is to put something aside as he may prosper, as he may prosper. So the point isn't about giving a specific percentage of how much we earn, which the NIV would seem to suggest. And um, it's good to know that the whole tithing idea, 10%, is actually an Old Testament teaching rather than New Testament. But Paul is telling them here, this, this phrase, as he may prosper, to give out of their surplus and abundance. So imagine at the end of the week, they've got money left over. But they've spent everything they need to live off, and they've got money left over, surplus, they've prospered. Paul says, your first response with that should be to give from it back to God. And the same principle applies today, because God is the ultimate one who prospers us. Maybe we earn a six-figure salary. Maybe we're just starting out. Maybe, maybe we've received a share dividend. Maybe we've had an unexpected inheritance or some other form of money. But God is the one who prospers us, isn't he? And our first response when that happens should be to give it back to him. Not to lock it away in a savings account. Not to splash out on our latest luxuries. But to give proportionately according to the level of blessing he has blessed us with. Paul said the same thing two years later, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 12. He said, For if the willingness is there, the gift is accept acceptable, according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. So God isn't really interested in the exact amount that we give, but he is absolutely passionate about us giving willingly, gladly, from what he has already given to us. So that's the next point, proportionate. And the last point is related to that idea of willing and glad giving. It says, God wants our giving to be free, to be free. You see, he says, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Paul wants this whole business to be done and dusted by the time he gets there. Because he doesn't want to get there 
and then have to go around Corinth shaking his tin. He doesn't want his presence there to put anyone under pressure to give. He wants their giving to be entirely free and voluntary. So he says, do it before I get there. I think it's a really simple checklist, but I think it's really helpful for us as we think about our own Christian giving. Individual, regular, organised, proportionate and free. Maybe at some point this week, be good to take some time to go through that checklist, to, to review your own individual giving, to talk and pray about it with your husband or wife if you're married. And as we go through that checklist, to remember the lesson behind it all, Christian giving is a Christian's personal responsibility. Well, Paul has told the Corinthians how they should organise the collection, and then he goes on to talk to them about how they're going to get it to Jerusalem. And that takes us to our third and final lesson. Christian giving can be organised by churches and creates relationships with other Christians. Christian giving can be organised by churches and creates relationships with other Christians. Verse 3. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. Of course, the Corinthians can't send a money gram or some other modern way of their money getting to Jerusalem. But what they've got to do is they have to choose their own special representatives to take it in person from Corinth to Jerusalem. Paul says he might go along with them. But whether Paul goes or not, the point is the same. The church needs to organise its giving. Now, we're very fortunate here uh, in this church that a lot of the number crunching about money happens centrally. Um, at commission, and um, we're going to see some of the results of that later on. But we still need to organise our money uh, and finances honestly and wisely, and that's one reason why we speak about it on occasions like today. It's a, a reason why the elders talk about money once a month, uh, sometimes briefly, sometimes for longer. Um, but church finances are much more than budgets and charts, as we'll see later. Paul's words here reflect an amazing spiritual truth as well. Because when these Gentile believers arrive in Jerusalem with Gentile money, it is an amazing visual aid of God's new humanity, building together a new people of Gentile and Jewish Christians together. People who had once been bitter enemies were now one spiritual family because Jesus had died for them. Paul makes that point, Romans 15, 27. He says, for if the Gentiles have come to share in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they also ought to be of service to them in material blessings. So Christian giving is a brilliant way of creating relationships between churches and between Christians. It's one reason why we have a missions committee here. It's their job to allocate a proportion of our money uh, to a whole range of Christian causes. You can find out more about that at the table at the back. I don't think we'd ever know individually about all those different causes that we support as a church if we only ever gave individually. But if our church organises at least a proportion of our giving, then our eyes are open to the many amazing things that God is doing through brothers and sisters around the world. And we've got the opportunity to build relationships with those Christians, maybe by praying for them, writing to them, hearing from them, um, meeting them even, as we've done twice already this term um, at our prayer meeting. So Christian giving is a Christian's personal responsibility, but it can and often is and should be organised by churches. 
and it can create deep and lasting relationships with other Christians. Well, I don't know how you'll react the next time you feel absolutely cornered and by those people in the local shopping centre collecting money. But I hope the reaction of your heart and I hope the reaction of my heart is very different to that reaction the next time we think about our Christian giving. Paul's words to the Corinthians are a really helpful practical reminder about how we can give individually and together. But amidst all those practical details, let's not lose sight of the fact that it is a wonderful privilege and a responsibility to give as Christians. So let me encourage you today to take this opportunity to review uh, your giving, to talk and think and pray about it, and then to make a willing and informed decision for the months or perhaps for the year ahead. In a moment, um, Rob's going to uh, take us through some of the practical things of our church finances. But before we do that, I'd love to encourage you to have a moment of quiet uh, to pray um, for yourself. And the, the points are up on the screen. Why don't you have a look back at those? Um, spend a bit of time praying and then Rob will come and help us.